the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know. This is a special question and answer episode. We've been kind of trying to do this for a while, and for reasons it hasn't happened. So here we are taking your questions in and answering them. Mason, this is your favorite type of podcast. I know it is. You love when all of these people ask you all of these questions that are very awesome. And so I I don't want to waste any more time. I feel like we've put this off for so long. We can just get right into it. I'm going to pick a question. I'm going to shoot it right at you. And you got to give me your reaction immediately. Okay. No preparation, (laughs) no preparation at all. Okay, cool. We're going to start with with a heavy hitting one and uh, no time to hedge on this one. Okay. Clovis Mello, Dark Hornet, are Bledsoe and or Adams contracts, anything to be concerned about for team flexibility? Um. Dude, it's, you're taking it. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna say it depends, which is the worst answer possible because it no depends hedging. on when you're talking. What's the timeline? I mean, no hedging. So yes, I mean, you've got some near-term flexibility issues, but um, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about because if you if you're uh, the 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 concern is if the, the lack of flexibility is around cap space. And if you want to be a cap team, honestly, I'm very happy to not be a cap team this year uh, because I think that market's gonna get tough with all the players who have already re-signed all the top free agents that we thought was going to be some sort of great class. A lot of them have come off the market. Um, and so you're left stuck with teams with cap space potentially overpaying meddling players. And so I'm okay with not having cap space. As long as you've got enough room and uh, uh, buffer up against the tax to, to maneuver, then you're fine. And the Pelicans do. I mean, like the only, the only way they would get close to the luxury tax line is if they extend both Hart and Lonzo. And that's a topic we discussed on the last podcast. I'm not going to dive into it, but um, so long way of saying it hampers your flexibility to a degree, but it's not something I'm concerned about because I never really wanted to be a salary cap team in the first place. And if so, the only way to, 
the, the way the Pelicans could have best used that cap space is by renting it out to other teams. But that's that's kind of where I sit. My answer is no. It doesn't really hamper team flexibility or is anything to be concerned about. I think Adams is very movable on his next deal. I think teams want him. I've kind of heard whispers of such. Bledsoe, he's a glorified expiring. He's yep. They're going to attach a pick or two, get a player they want. He is trade bait. I will be shocked if he comes back. Uh, no concern with him whatsoever. Cool. Good answer. Good, good question, Clovis. <laughs> Mello, Dark Hornet, at Dark Hornet. Good, good question. Um, Mason, I can keep hitting you with rapid fire questions, or, or would you, would you want to pick yeah. one of your own? I'll, I'll, I'll go with the related question. And so no disrespect to some, one of the other Bens on, uh, who uh, has asked this question. We'll get to it in a second. But the greatest Ben asked us, realistically, what are the options? Realistically, what are the options to get off of Bledsoe's contract? Trade, stretch? And so I'll let you go a little bit deeper on, on the Bledsoe topic. Yeah, so first of all, all disrespect to the other Ben. Uh, <laughs> I was telling you all that. <laughs> <laughs> all disrespect to him. But uh, Benjamin at, at the greatest Ben, realistically, what are this? First of all, stretches just off the table. Like yep. it, there, there is, okay, maybe there's one universe where they stretch him where it's like, <laughs> you know, like they want to they have the maximum possible cap space this summer period for whatever reason you know they renounce lonzo they they renounce james johnson and um josh hart and all their pending free agents uh they they completely renounce and they want to create more cap space so they stretch bledsoe's contract and you know they're unable to over find five years <laughs> right over five years and and for maybe the i don't know i don't know who it could possibly be that they would want the cap space for but that would be the way to do it other than that there's just no reason to stretch him they the realistic options are they're gonna they're gonna move him gary harris making more money than bledsoe was moved along with a pick and a young player for aaron gordon bledsoe's getting moved just as he was moved his previous yeah. summer for drew holiday he will be moved for another player with copious amounts and, of picks and um, on that on that topic too i mean like i think i think there's some uh, nervousness from teams around how what the point guard market is looking like in the off, this offseason. So, you know, you hear some, uh, I, I've already heard scares around, around Schroeder potentially getting $25 million a year. And so if that if that scares you, that scares the hell out of you, maybe Bledsoe for 16 doesn't sound so damn bad. And so obviously- We'd be at 18 you know, like, okay, yeah, fair enough. And so it's not, you know, definitely a negative value contract, but if you want a one-year rental, and don't want to pay pay a, a free agent twenty five million a year. Have at it. Yeah, no, you're right. Jenna Schroeder used a four year hundred million dollar deal potentially on the table. Kyle Lowry is the other point guard that's on the market this summer, and then there's Lonzo. Uh, I think that's it. So, if you're a team that needs a point guard, here is Eric Bledsoe. Or you know, if you're just a team that, hey, you're deciding to transition into a rebuild, you need some salary to get some trades off. Hey, there's Eric Bledsoe. I'm not concerned about him. It's not going to take, I don't think it's going to take like many additional picks to get off of his contract. It really is a glorifying expiring at this point. Yep. I agree with that. All right. So next question, Nola Flint before James Johnson, who was the last vocal leader on defense who the coaches didn't have to beg to be vocal. It's a good question. I have a couple answers. What do you got? 
Um, damn. Um, wow, I'm starting a timer. You you go then. Give me give me if you yeah. have a couple answers. Go for it, it was it was in the same year. There was two answers. There was Rajan Rondo, and there was Emeka Okafor. Both of them, and 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 people won't like to hear this, but Anthony Davis was a really good communicator on defense. He was. Those are those are three answers. But Ron, Rondo was was all over it. Ameka Okafor, he had that brief period when he was starting after Boogie went down. Excellent job. That's like, a crazy period. I mean, they just kind of picked Ameka Okafor. He's like thirty five years old. Picked him up off the streets. He was playing in a SpongeBob jersey for the Philadelphia like eighty um, seveners or whatever their G League team is. Um, and they signed this man to a contract and they went on a winning, a 10 game winning streak. And then the five game winning streak to close the year. And then he was starting and he was playing really well. Mecca Okafor. It was uh, good times. Yeah. I was going further back. I was thinking like Trevor Ariza. <laughs> I don't know if um, like Ariza was ever that guy for us, but maybe, um, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if you're, if you're counting Ariza, then you got to count Chris Paul. Cause he was there. And then you might as well go back to Tyson. Wasn't Ariza... I thought was there a little bit later than Chris Paul, but yeah. No, that he 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 played in that final series with against the Lakers. Yeah. Um, was there. What about uh, so the other guy I thought about was uh, <laughs> freaking Dante Cunningham. <laughs> not a vocal leader, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Solomon Hill. He was a vocal leader. He talked. He was loud. He talked a lot. You know, there was there was there was times. I mean, even on offense, you talk. There was like times where like um, AD would be posting up someone. You could hear him scream through the TV, "Cook his ass, AD!" But yeah, it, Solomon Solomon Hill was loud. Ken, Kendrick Perkins, Kenrich Williams, the guy that um, <laughs> JJ Redick really looked forward to playing with, and part of the reason why he requested a trade was Kenrich Kenrich Williams. Anywho, uh, <laughs> next question. Somehow we we managed to drop Kendrick Perkins' name into both episodes. You sure. have? What do you mean we? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. What's next? What is uh, next? Let's see. We can go to the disrespectful men. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Yeah, his question was kind of silly. Bad question, Ben. Uh, ben Alterman, how many assists per game does peak Zion at point, peak point Zion average? I'm sorry, Ben. It's not really a bad question. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fun question. A fun um, question. Uh, so in the past month or so, he's been at like he's playing at was he at five? He's probably like four a game. I've not looking at the stats, but like yeah, it's around four. So. It's it's yeah. just like slightly over three. Um, I, I could see Pete Zion getting to seven or eight. I don't I don't see him ever getting the double digits, but I could see. Seven or eight. Yeah. Giannis is at six point two right now. That's his career high. Seven or eight seems like a good yes, peak. That's, that's fair. That seems, seems a like lot. a good peak. It seems mm-hmm. like a good peak. I will say that. That's a good peak. I think I do think that he's closer to James Harden than he is Giannis. And so I think he will average more assists by virtue of that, especially once he gets better teammates who can make more shots. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a that's a different story. So good, good, bad question, Ben. <laughs> we didn't spend much time on it. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so here's a little bit more of a, I, I guess, a, a deeper question. But and it's really 
I'm struggling with it personally because I don't know how to parse all the different factors out recently of the, the injuries versus the quality of opponents. But um, Corbor asks us, have the Pelicans improved on defense? And if so, how have they done so? No. Damn, full stop. Full stop. No, no I mean, I, they're not a good defensive team. They're, they're playing shitty teams. Well, are... that's the question, though. Have, have they improved from where they were? No. No, I don't think they have. I think they're a shitty defensive team. <laughs> uh, I think I think that they were um, unlucky to start the season with some three-point shooting, and that that kind of like swings the, the net ratings and the defensive ratings a little bit. Yeah. I don't think process-wise and personnel-wise they are better, but I will put a caveat in there. Replacing JJ for JJ may make a huge difference because those 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 podcaster JJ minutes were terrible. They were terrible, terrible, terrible defensive minutes. And so replacing them with MMA JJ, you might be onto something. And and it, and it may just be like, hey, we play less bad defensive players. I mean, it still doesn't get around this, you know, issue you have in the starting lineup where Zion's a bad defender. He's getting better. He's gotten much better. And Ingram's just one of the worst defensive players in the league, full stop. Um, but, you know, the bench with, with Jackson not being a lost puppy and then, you know, podcaster JJ being in Dallas, maybe onto something there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, that was a fun question. Um, this is, this is another fun question. They, we didn't, they don't have any like ridiculous, yeah. like, you know, like, getting too serious. people like just want to, you, you win one basketball game and suddenly <laughs> everyone wants to talk about basketball. Like where, where are the memes? Um, this is from Brown Pelly and uh, it says front office slash coaching staff's plan to make young guys earn their minutes. Looks like it's working. What are the biggest areas of improvement for each of Jack's Kyra and Nikhil to be able to earn 25 to 30 minutes a game next season? Which ones do you think will get there if they're on the roster? It's a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'll, I'm not sure who I want to start with. Um, I will start with um, Jackson Hayes. And so I, I think what we're, we, we talked a lot about him in the last podcast, so I won't go too far into the weeds on this one, but um, I, I think him being able to and continue to improve defensively. Uh, I think the stuff that we're seeing on offense is, is wild and fun, but that's not really what I care about for Jackson Hayes in order to keep for him to keep getting more consistent minutes. And it's him, um, you know, defending without fouling, being a, a versatile and good interior presence and, and rebounding comes right along with that. Um, you mentioned in the last episode that he is still not a good rebounder, even though he's improving. I think looking at looking to Jackson Hayes on for defense and rebounding is and that Kevin consistency is absolutely probably what Stan Van Gundy is looking for. The offensive stuff, again, it's, it's fun, but I, um, I, I feel like there's, he's got a lot, lot more room to grow there and it's more of a long-term process. Whereas like, I feel like some of the defensive rebounding stuff is things he can get better at quick, more quickly. And that, that's what we'll earn in consistent minutes. Yeah. Um, do you want to, I mean, uh, you want to grab one of the guards? 
Yeah, I was like, we, we spent a lot of time. I mean, I spent yeah. a lot of time talking about Jackson Hayes <laughs> on the last podcast. You're right. The de- defense is what's going to keep him on the floor. It's not, it's not going to be his offense, which I, you know, we all agree that he has potential to improve. Kyra and Nikhil, um, for Kyra, it's just continuing to stay aggressive. And, and and I don't have any concerns about his offense. It's it's kind of like putting on the weight to kind of hang in there defensively and get better defensively. Um, I think his shot's going to get better as his body develops his shots already pretty good. I think he has a good form and good base for it. He can shoot. Uh, I think his finishing gets better as he gets stronger. And so it's, it's for him, it's more of like a body development type thing. He's already a spectacular decision maker for his age and, and Nikhil, um, it it's, it's decision-making it's, it's, he can be very turnover prone. I think his shot will come and go. I think it'll stay, it'll stabilize at some point, probably around 36, 37%. He does take difficult looks, probably not going to be a high level elite three point shooter, but he's probably going to be someone that you can trust to knock down open shots so they continue to develop that area but the biggest thing for him is his decision making it's it's you got to know when to shoot pass or dribble and and right now that all that doesn't always function for him um at a high level and it can lead to some really really erratic decisions and when he makes some mistakes he get you know kind of like beats himself up about it um but that's for Nikhil it's 100% decision making and and it that may just be a mental confidence component um let's go to uh, question from, although I'm not sure who, JJ's burner. I'm not sure which burner, which JJ. Um, but uh, let's. The question is: Is Zion always going to get a lot of reps with the bench units, or do you think this team will eventually move away from that lineup? I mean, I think if it continues to beat the crap out of people as it has been in like the last month or so, yes, he will continue to get those minutes, and he will continue to get those minutes until it no longer works. And, and sure as the chemistry or the composition of this team changes, you know, let's say they get um, added another big player or whatnot, maybe that adjusts, but I'm going with the why fix something if it ain't broke. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't see any reason to move that. I mean, especially given how, how many, how many problems this team's bench unit has had uh, this season they finally found something that seems to be clicking. And obviously that coincides with the fact that the young players are starting to gain more confidence and play better. Um, so, you know, maybe that's not, maybe you can tinker with that lineup and still have success, but I feel like for now, why, why mess with it? Um, yeah. For like a year and a half, we on this pod were like, we need a creator. We need a creator. We need someone who can create shots and then boom, there's Zion. There's point Zion. And what better way than to just put him with the bench unit where he gets pretty much all of that responsibility and usage and you have a bunch of athletic guys who play defense and can make plays, move the ball. Um, and it works. It just, it just works. He sets those pieces in their place with his presence and his ability to make plays. So I, I don't see any reason why they would move off of that lineup unless there's like drastic roster changes or it just stops working for an extended period. All right. Next question. This is from Rock Hood um at rockhood 84 he says do you think the pelicans will make the play-in or the playoffs period and do you think jackson hayes at the power forward and steve at the center will work in the future so i think we beat that last topic a little bit to death in the last podcast but i do think it's fun that's because i got a couple we got a couple questions from from rockhood from lucas boyle about you know should we tank push the play out playing game are we gonna make it I, you know, I, I struggle to say that we're going to make it. Uh, I certainly think it's a chance, and I certainly think they should still be trying to 
make the playoffs um, with the one Eric Bledsoe caveat. I think they should be doing everything they can to, 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 to win games. Um, you guys <laughs> wish so badly for, for Eric Bledsoe. I saw this in the tweet, by the way. Um, I'm forgetting who it was, but it's so badly for Eric Bledsoe to no longer play with the starters that the whole starting lineup got hurt. Y'all got to stop wishing. <laughs> this is, it's a monkey's paw and uh, I'm, I'm stealing this. I saw this on Twitter I'm, and I, I wish I could attribute credit for it, but you know, it seriously, like let's, let's, uh, let's lay off the Bledsoe stuff. Maybe, maybe our guys will stop getting hurt and he'll organically be moved, but like, wow. come on at, at this point, everyone's hurt, but him. <laughs> that's some, uh, that's some interesting karma tie-ins you just created. So the, um, fair enough, but, um, but no, I mean, like I, I, I'll, I'll just aside. I, I want this team to, to get to the playing game and that, that would be fun. I, and I think it would be cool for this, the team to, play some some games that matter does it do i think that's like critical for development or anything like that no um but i'd rather see this team play fun and and, and good basketball heading into the offseason than just kind of tank and try to get Cade. i mean that's just and i i think most in the organization would would uh say the same thing so that's what i'm that's what i'm hoping for yeah i i think the players are going to try to win Shocking. I think Stan is going to try to win. And if that means playing Bledsoe 45 minutes a game, he will do it. And uh, everything else, you know, like they, they can only control what they can control. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I at this point, I, normally I would have said they're not going to make the play in, but man, like Golden State looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Memphis has a tough schedule coming up. I, I feel like it's impossible to rule them out They're They're right there. I mean, the Kings are right behind them too. And technically, the, the the OKC Thunder, who are way trying to tank, are right behind them as well. But you know, between the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and the Kings, and the Pelicans, between those five teams, health will dictate a lot of what's going to happen, and anything can happen regarding yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So that yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Stephen Adams and uh, Jackson A is front court of the future. Ship it. It'll be a, a championship front court. Yeah. So, all right. Next question. We were actually running out. We're hitting these pretty quickly. I like it. We're, this is a good pace. It's a very good pace. Um, this is on that Saints pack at Chance World 404. Are the Nets player miraculously going to heal up and play us Wednesday? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we both said at the same time. Yes. Yes. That's how this works. <laughs> that is 100% how this works. Now, the way this also works is the Pelicans somehow pull off the win, um, you know, starting Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and, it's either and, everyone gets healthy for the Pelicans and they get blown out, or no one gets healthy for the Pelicans and they pull off some stupid win. Never yeah, it's, it's, it's at this point, you know, if you're betting on the Pelicans, you're probably losing money. Cool. And um, this, is, uh, this is a question from Dev at D.Lewis. Uh, nine or it's X or it's eight. It's X. Wait, that thirteen? Fuck! I don't know my Roman numerals, man. It's it's thirteen. It's X. I respect the effort, though. I respect it. <laughs> Lewis the thirteenth. Yes, it's X I I I. That's thirteen. I can count. Um, what? Why do we keep? What if we use Roman numerals these days? Anyways, any whatever, man. What do we? This question is: What to do with JJ? LOL. And Wes in the off season, 
was SVG the right hire in hindsight, year one revisionist history? Um, well, again, the, the James Johnson topic, we, uh, unless he means J.J. Reddick, that would be surprising me. But um, the James Johnson topic, I think it would be great to bring him back, um, you know, depending on how the cap situation works. I agree with everything you said in the last podcast about, um, you know, he could be a, a trade chip, but he, if he, if he clearly brings a, you know, positive, um, you know, value to the Pelicans team down the stretch, there's no reason why they shouldn't look into it. Um, as for Wes, he's guaranteed for basically the minimum salary next year. So um, I expect he'll be on the roster. I mean, they could, if they really don't see anything with him, they could cut him, but I think more likely he's used as, as, added filler for a trade if necessary yeah you can grease the wheels of a trade not as an asset but as salary matching right right um and you know i think i think the the jury's still out on standing gun and we talked a little bit about this you and i during the our our kind of halfway uh all-star break um evaluation but um i i have nothing negative to say about Stan. I don't have anything super positive to say um, either. I think he's done about what I expected the job based on all the limited, um, you know, ways he had to work with the roster before the season, Um, you know, given, given the no, no shortened training camp and COVID and all that. So I feel like it's unfair to to evaluate him fully. Um, But uh, with don't really want to go back down that rabbit hole from what we talked about a few, few weeks back, but you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say was he the right hire? Cause that requires you knowing all, all the various options. And, and obviously there's some like Lou chose to go elsewhere. Um, but I'm still good with it. Yeah. I'm going to pull a Raphael stone and be like, call me in 2024 because <laughs> seriously, <laughs> no, because Stan is a, is a four year process. That's what he is. He's not there to turn you around in one season. He's there to build a culture, build basketball players, build an overall system, um, which is obviously difficult to do in a pandemic. But for everyone that says he's old school and can't adapt, he adapted pretty quickly to putting the ball in Zion's hands. Um, He has one of the top offenses in the league, the best over the last two months since he has put the ball in Zion's hands, which is doubly impressive given the offensively inept roster he's been handed outside of, you know, Zion and, and Inninger, basically. He's adapted pretty quickly to playing the young players and giving them sufficient leash um, to kind of get their stuff done. Obviously, we as fans want more, 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 but uh, the young players are getting adequate minutes. They're not, they're not just rotting away. Yep. Um, so, so again, it's, it's, it's a process. We shall see uh, where, where he ends up and uh, how the Pelicans turn out. I think we've, We've run through a lot of these. What um, are we're intentionally avoiding the Lonzo questions? Because we are, are we still going there? I mean, you can I? I'm I personally like done talking about yeah. Lonzo. <laughs> I literally anything you can say about Lonzo. Like if you you hear the question every single day, what are you gonna pay Lonzo? What would you trade him for? What would you? I, look, if you if you don't know where I stand on this. Um, it takes a very quick search to figure out where I stand on this. Yeah, so search search Shemet Lonzo on Twitter and see what happens. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> Don't do that. Not for uh, me. It's, it's uh, for you. <laughs> um, it's yeah. Um, all right, fair enough. 
Um, I think that's pretty much what we got. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's one last question. So, all right, we can wrap it with this one. Um, so FM Sammy, Samuel Wilcher asks, I want final season win total predictions. Uh, how many games do we win and where do we finish in the standings? Man, uh, how many how many games are there this season? 72? So Dude, half that's is exactly what I'm Googling right now. 36 <laughs> is halfway. Yeah. I say they win, what, they're 22 and 27. They're five games yeah. below 500. I say they win 30, 30 of the 36. And I think that puts them at 11, where they are now. So, wait, say that, say that record again? What? Oh, that puts them at 12. Oh, they're at the word. Yeah, so I think they finished 30. Um, no, they shit. three games left. Fuck, I did the math wrong. Totally. <laughs> I was very confused. No, they Sorry. Had, they're 20, yeah, they're 22 27. Mm, they got 23 games left. Well, so, yeah, let's just pretend that never happened. I think they win. Um, yeah, I, I think they... They, they, I, I'm still going to say it's 30. So they, they go 30 and 42. I think they win eight more games. <laughs> yeah, 23, huh? Okay, maybe that's really bad. I'll say, I'll say, I'll give them three more wins. I'll they win 11 of those games. Okay. So, so, so that's 11. They go 11 and 12 down the stretch. They finish with 33 wins and 39 losses. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. I'll be a little bit more an optimist than that. I, I think they can. I think they finish. I guess this is very dependent on health, like like you said a little while ago. Um, but I think they. I think they win more than they lose uh, down the stretch. I don't think they get back to five hundred. I think. Um, I think something like, uh, you know, thirty five and thirty seven, thirty four and thirty eight. Because if they, so, if they go over five hundred for the rest of the way, that means they've won at least 12 more games. And so that would put them at 34 wins, which is interesting. Cause like, isn't there, wasn't there Vegas under over under like 35 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like for all the, all the garbage that's been spewed about how bad the Pelicans are and how this, how, how the season was lost four games into the year. I mean, they could very, and, and their schedule on the stretch is, <laughs> is, is, it's not, it's not that daunting. Um, I do think they run into some teams that, that maybe, maybe more good teams that actually have things to play for versus the really good teams that maybe you can just start like, you know, taking their foot off the gas. Um, but I can see him. I'll, I'll go with uh, 35 and 37 as the final. And that would so be- you think they win 13, they go 13 and 10 to close. Yeah. Woo. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> I'm tired of losing. Yeah. Well, they're going to lose more, man. I'm, I'm, I, I think I'll say this. I'll, I think it's more likely they win 30 than they win 35. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they've been losing all year and now they're getting hurt. So like if the injuries continue, they've already lost heart for basically the whole season. If, if Zion and Ingram linger any considerable amount further, or, you know, any of these other guys get hurt, what then? And so just, just playing the odds, them not being a good team, like them finishing 13 and 10, well, that requires a lot. But, you know, it we'll requires see. them being better in crunch time than they've been. And, and it requires mm-hmm. them being, I mean, it requires Ion Ingram getting healthy quickly. 
can roll with it. It's it's a like I said, the schedule is not as bad as it was before to this point. So um, I'm cool to, to bank on that for for a couple extra wins. And so you know, I, I think yeah, I I, I, I I struggle with them getting to 500. I think that's kind of a bridge too far. But I can, like I'm I'm like at 34, 35 wins, so I'll say 35. Okay. All right, I'm going to ask you some some rapid fire questions. You're allowed like 10 seconds to answer them, <laughs> and uh, we will wrap up the podcast. Okay, question number one: What's a worse outcome on a possession? Uh, Josh Hart pump fake, or pump fake open three, or Alonzo ball drive? Uh, Josh Hart pump fake. Okay, okay. Um, what's 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 more pleasing to watch? Um, uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, pull up fadeaway mid-range jumper just splash three uh over the face of a defender or jackson hayes block uh the the bi play okay you got um two minutes left in the game you need to get a stop uh and the player you're trying to get a stop against is a wing size player who would you rather put on him defensively (laughs) brandon ingram or Got Isaiah right. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I think I spoke too soon and I'm shocked about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Can I change my edge? <laughs> I knew you, you were going to pick the other guy. You set me up so well. Yeah. Okay. 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 Next question. Next question. Um, you can only pick one player to to do a jump ball for the Pelicans for for the for the next four years. Um, you have Nikhil Alexander Walker or Wes Uundu. Um, does that mean that that you have to have that player on the team for four years too? Mm, forget about it in that context. Just <laughs> okay. I'll go with I'll go with Wes then. Okay. All right. Um, you're trying to build the most competitive baseball team and you want a pitcher. <laughs> you want a pitcher from the Pelicans. Who would you pick? Um, Steven Adams. Wow. Wait, why? He's tall. He's got gravity on his side. Um, he's got massive think, hands. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a nice, you could probably throw like some crazy ass pitches. Um, you probably and, just played cricket before. Yeah, like I, I, I think I feel very good about my choice. Who would you pick? Wow, now I'm taking thinking it. I thought the the obvious one probably would have been Lonzo, but yeah, no, Stephen Adams probably works. Okay, um, is there a, an NBA team that can beat the Pelicans in a street fight? I need more than ten seconds to this question. I don't. I, I mean, okay, fine, you can have yes, more than ten. I think my answer is yes because, but I still know the team. <laughs> You just don't know the team. Okay. <laughs> Why is it yes? Um, because there are 29 other teams in the league. I'm playing the odds. If you're playing the odds, we got Steven Adams and James Johnson. And, and know, obviously yeah. you have Zion. Know. And Eric Bledsoe. He's got muscles. Yeah. I just think there's got to be one team. Who? Um, I don't know. I'm looking. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, I feel so like far. I feel like the Lakers. <laughs> I feel like the Lakers are probably a good pick. Anthony Davis is soft, so I wouldn't like include him. But um, <laughs> you know, like Marcus Gasol and uh, Bron and and Morris and KCP and Schroeder, they they more than make up for for Anthony Davis is is soft 
shortcomings shortcomings um nice yeah so so yeah i mean i think i think the lakers would be a good pick philly's an interesting one because they're just huge i i you know but i I think they're more more nice guys i don't know i don't i don't know what's he as bobby portis on now the bucks yeah oh the bucks are a good one yeah i don't know the bucks have too many nice guys but you know they they got pj tucker now too yeah i i don't know it's tough i think i i would i would still i would still say the pelicans are favorites i would still say the pelicans are favorites okay um last question last question if if you had to cast uh any pelican in in a in a superhero movie actually no that's way too easy because the answer's gonna be steve adams um (laughs) (laughs) if you had to cast any pelican in a murder mystery who would play the the lead detective uh, Nikhil. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Wait, why are you picking Nikhil? Because I watched I watched that dude do that do the uh, the lip syncing at the <laughs> open practice, and that dude can act with the best of them. And so that's just, that's why I'm going with it. Oh, I was just thinking like overall swag, like that dude knows how to dress and everything. He could be like a, a like a, a dapper Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, no, I, I, that was it's just everything made sense about it to me. But, yeah, um, I'm sure this. I mean this. Do you, have, do you have another uh, thought on that? Nope. Nope. Nikhil, it is. <laughs> Detective Nah. <laughs> Detective Nah. Love Detective it. Nah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that'll wrap up the podcast. And uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening, folks. Uh, I appreciate your time. We had to come up with our own uh, silly questions. And uh, since y'all didn't ask any, so maybe yeah. next time. Do better. Do better. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.